Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And Joe, this is the first, uh, this is our first episode since before Christmas. So I, I think our last episode was... Seems like uh, a year ago. It does seem like a year ago. It was right before Christmas, like a couple days before Christmas. And I think it came out on Christmas Eve even, right? Uh, yes. Yes, you're yeah. absolutely right. Then, of course, we had the wonderful uh, Zara Mahler with us last time. If I'm you guys still haven't... reeling from excitement, I can't yeah. believe she slummed it that much to come and talk to us. Hey, you know what? We were a big step. Um, <laughs> and it's you know, it's always... step down or <laughs> I just said it was a big step. Big step. Okay. All right. But you know, it's it's always good to get practice. You know, interviewing. Yeah. Uh, you know. For us and for her. So, yes. But uh, she, you know, she was great. She was lovely. Yeah. So, um, and we were going to do our top 10 list last week, but we just got so into the interview that we kind of ran out of time and, and we don't really want this to go, our episodes to go too long. So, I think we had a good, it was a great, perfect the way it was. So, and this works too, because now we're just starting the new year and we could look back a little bit at the old and uh, talk about what, well, basically what we're going to do today is talk about our top 10 horror movies of 2020. Now, each of us has our own. I I don't know that Joe and I could agree on a top 10 list. I'm uh, guessing our lists are not identical. They will not be identical. No. I'm sure of it. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be some overlap though. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I did listen I would to hope this. So, other- since there were only like eight movies that came out last year. Well, there were a lot more than that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, well, straight to DV, straight to video streaming. There were, uh, you know, it was a good year for horror. There was quite, quite, quite a bit to choose from. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was listening to another podcast where they did their top 10 movies and they, if, when they got to a point where, one of them named a movie that the other is on the other one's list, but is higher up on that list. Then they just saved that movie until they got to the other person. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. I don't know does. if you want to do that. I, not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say they fought. No. To the death. <laughs> we could have an arm wrestling <laughs> match, sure. but that'd be hard. A virtual, have have... A virtual arm wrestling <laughs> match. We'd yeah. have to have really long arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I just love it when I crack myself up. <laughs> it's the best. So how does this work? Do we start with number one and work well, our way down? Or I was thinking what we could do. this top 10 list or the most anticlimactic. Yeah, no, let's, let's start. The first one out of the way. Definitely let's start at 10. But actually, okay. I want to start what I want to do, because we also have a ghost story at the end of the episode, too. It's, it's going to be a real good one. Um, but what I'd like to do is talk a little bit briefly about our honorable mentions movies that might've been on the list. I don't know. I didn't prepare you for that. So if you don't have an honorable mention list, prepared. I got three. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Good. I read uh, that in sync. Well, uh, I'll do mine and then you do your, your um, I'll do my uh, honorable mentions and then you do your honorable mentions and then, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So my honor, I actually have quite a few that that could have been in my number ten spot. Uh, I I really went back and forth on a lot of these. There was Freaky, which I thought was a great movie. Red, the Wretched, of course, with Zara Mahler, who we interviewed last week. I, I really enjoyed that one too. I liked Underwater a lot. Uh, the Deeper You Dig was a very good low budget. I just watched this. There were a lot of movies actually that I just watched like in the last few weeks of the year that I hadn't gotten to uh, this year. And man, there were some really good ones that came out in the last quarter of this year. But The Deeper You Dig is a really good one. It's actually made by a family. Um, they, they, I guess the dad is a director and the daughter and mom are involved as well. And they make these movies. And this one was picked up by Shudder. And it's a really good one. Uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. That was a Polish, I believe, Polish or or Argentine uh, or mix uh, slasher movie that was really good. Mortuary Collection was a good 
um, anthology. Of course, there's Invisible Man. Uh, Swallow is a terrific film, just an outright terrific film, not just horror. And But it, it was one of those that kind of didn't, some of these didn't have quite a horror. It was, a, is it horror? Is it not? And, you know, I prefer to say that they are, but some of them are a little shifty. So that's why they didn't make my list. Uh, Come to I Daddy. Just, I can't get over. You've got Wretched and Freaky as honorable mentions. Yeah. No, this is, a, it's like I said, this so is a great top 10 list must be like pristine. Yeah, no, this is a, This was a great year for horror. Uh, there's a couple in there that I wanted to include just because I really loved these movies and I want to kind of champion them a little bit. Um, and then there was uh, Hunter Hunter I just saw last week, which I came very close to making my top 10. And it was insane. <laughs> this movie goes to a place that I've never seen before. It was crazy. You, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Love and Monsters we watched last weekend, which was really, really good. It's about kind of a, not. it's not a zombie apocalypse, but it's sort of an apocalypse that happens. And all these, there's all these monsters around and people are, have been forced to live underground. Uh, it's really fun. Really, really fun. I, I, Joe, in fact, when I was watching it, I was thinking you would love this movie. So I recommend that you rent that immediately if you haven't watched it. And that's Hunter Hunter. No, uh, love and monsters. Love and monsters. Okay. Actually, all of these movies, I, I highly recommend you watch, but love and monsters. I think you particularly will really like, and then one that just got cut from my list at the last minute, just because I, I feel like the other movies on my list are more horror than this one. And that one was She Dies Tomorrow, which I just, I loved this movie, but I, I can't say it's a straight horror movie. So I left it off the list. But all of these that I just mentioned are well worth checking out. Uh, what are your honorable mentions? <laughs> your, your list is so much more polished than mine. I, I had Invisible Man. I had Swallow. I had uh, Babysitter Killer Queen. Um, I mean, that that cracked into my honorable mentions. I still think it was, despite, you know, not championing what the original did, it was still entertaining enough that, um, you know, I, I got a good fun bit of entertainment out of it. It was uh, well worth the time that I put into it. Um, Invisible Man, I, I was thrilled to see this concept come back into uh, uh, cinema, but I, I did think it fell short. I, I did honestly find myself falling asleep during some of it. It was about an 40 minutes too long. In my opinion, they, they could have summed up that movie synopsis a lot quicker. Uh, it's not like it was groundbreaking and new to us. You know, it's the invisible man. We get it. So set up, knock it down, roll the credits. So. Yeah. I thought it was very well made. It was very polished. Yeah. It was a, it was a good movie. I, but I didn't think about it much after it was over. No. I really, it just kind of, yeah, that was a good movie, but yeah. it didn't really do much for I, me. I don't know that I would ever watch it a second time. No. And all of the movies that are on my top 10 list were movies that I thought about for a long time. Now that could also be said of swallow and she dies tomorrow and hunter hunter, which is, was very disturbing at the end. Um, but, but all of the movies on my top 10 list, I really, they, they, I just loved them. Uh, so, well, I guess I'll start us off on number 10. Um, let's see. Yeah. Do we this need a one. drum roll to start. We'll put that in a post. Yeah, yeah, we save that for number is. one. Uh, actually, yeah. Save that one for number one. Okay. Yeah. We'll find uh, some maybe, like, intro music. Yeah. Some sort of, uh, ominous music <laughs> to put okay. in there. Um, so number 10, my number 10 is anything for Jackson. Is that on your list? No, it is not. Okay. This thing, uh, it, it's about an old couple whose grandson has died and they decide they are going to join a cult. Uh, I don't know if they were previously in the cult or not, or they joined it, but they join a cult. Uh, and, and it's sort what of, every set of grandparents do when their grandkids die. You yeah. Know, they join what a cult. else would you do? Join a cult. Well, these guys are go-getters. So they they join this cult and basically kidnap a woman who's pregnant, who's about to give birth, so that they can perform a ritual uh, to, to get the soul of their grandchild, their dead grandchild, into this baby. And then they'll keep the baby and raise it as their grandchild. 
Of course, along the way, there are consequences to their actions that they did not foresee. And uh, I, I, I can't give away too much because there's a lot of fun, um, unexpected things that pop up in this movie. But obviously, other ghosts and other dead things are drawn to the situation that they have created. Uh, they, the woman that they kidnap is, I, I believe about a month away from giving birth or something like that. And so they, they, there's, there's a lot of them trying to uh, figure out how to keep her in the house, how to, you know, keep her happy because they don't necessarily want to traumatize her. They are nice old people, but they do want their, that her baby's soul. Uh, and then of course, just the evil that is happening affects other things around them. People in their inner circle get affected as well. It's, it's a really good movie. It is shocking in some ways. It's scary. Uh, there's some good ghost sort of haunting images and uh, and there's also a dark humor to it as well but i highly recommend this one this is anything for jackson i believe that it's on shutter if i'm not mistaken if not a you can also rent it i believe but i, I believe it's a shutter movie so uh if you don't have shutter the streaming service i highly highly recommend you get it because it's only like six seven dollars a month the cost of a rental you can have a, a whole host of of horror movies and a lot of the movies on my list are well at least a few of them are on shutter so anyway that's anything for jackson it's for the price of a cup of coffee yeah exactly Oh, by the way our episode today is sponsored by uh starbucks <laughs> uh, all right my number 10 is uh evil eye uh part of the blumhouse uh four movie releases they came out around halloween this year uh, this story is about a superstitious mother who is just convinced that her daughter's new boyfriend is actually the reincarnation of a man who tried to kill her 30 years prior. Uh, I really did enjoy this movie. I, um, the actress whose name I'm sure I'm going to butcher, uh, Sonita Manny, uh, she was in Mr. Robot, uh, which was a, I was a huge fan of that series. Um, she did a wonderful job. I thought the storyline, I, I actually, the superstitious end of this storyline did, in my opinion, come a little late into the story, but I was okay with it because I found myself sort of getting involved in this rom-com storyline that they were building up. And they went so far down that path that they honestly could have taken this out of the horror genre completely. And it would have been, you know, just a, a Hallmark movie. But uh, they they do, of course, throw that twist in there. And uh, it was it was very well done, very believable. I, I really enjoyed this. It was one of the few of the four movies that Blumhouse came out with that um, that was definitely at the top of my list out of the four of them. So, again, my number 10 was uh, Evil Eye. Now, that is one that I did not see. So I will have to check that out. Uh, all right. So my number nine is a movie that uh, kind of is a blend of genres, but it's definitely in the alien horror genre category. And it, it, I really bounced back and forth about whether I'd keep it in my top 10 because there were some others that I really liked too. But I loved this movie so much when I saw it last spring and it just has stuck with me. Uh, the filmmaking, the storytelling, the acting, everything is just, it's just pitch perfect and it and i and i believe this director is going to go somewhere it's, it's going to be he's going to be a uh a young spielberg type i think or jj abrams type anyway the movie i'm talking about is the vast of night and uh this one at the dawn of the space race it's actually set in the 50s i believe Two radio-obsessed teens discover a strange frequency over the airwaves in what becomes the most important night of their lives and in the history of their small town. That's the, I guess, the blurb. I didn't write that, Joe. Um, but I, this is such a good movie. It's directed by Andrew Patterson. And like I said, this is, this is a director who is going to be a name that you need to keep keep up with uh there's not a lot of action in this it's mostly just plain storytelling and acting there's a a, a girl is a uh 
basically it's, it's set in a small town, I believe the, in the fifties. And there's a girl who is a telephone operator for this small town in the forties or fifties, whatever it is. And, uh, she hears some strange frequency on the phone. And so she calls her friend who is a, a DJ at the local radio station in town and they get it on there and they try to figure out what's going on. And they begin to realize that there's maybe otherworldly origins. Uh, but it, this, this thing is just, it's pure joy. It is uh, everything that I love in a movie. Every it's, it's such masterful filmmaking. It's shot. Basically it's shot to look like it's all one shot, you know, kind of like uh, Birdman, I believe was that movie with, uh, was that Birdman? I think it was with uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton. For some reason, the title wasn't sounding right to me as I said it. But anyway, it's kind of like that where it's it's made to look like it's all one long take, you know. Uh, but it's it's really fantastic. I highly, highly recommend this. And this is an up-and-coming filmmaker. I'm going to definitely want to see anything that he does in the future. So that is The Vast of Night. Uh, it technically on on uh, here says it's 2019, but it didn't really get released until 2020. So that's why it's on my list. Okay, my number nine was Run uh, with Sarah Paulson on Hulu. This was a uh, very impressive film. It was very suspenseful, especially towards the end. Uh, the physical demands of the girl that plays the daughter who's handicapped in a wheelchair. Uh, just amazing. She did a fantastic job. Extremely believable. Uh, there's parts where she's, you know, obviously she has no use of her legs. She's still crawling along the roof line of their house. It was just, I loved it. Um, Sarah Paulson is a mother of a homeschooled girl who's, uh, she's doesn't have the use of her legs. She's trying to get into college. Her mom's wrestling with, you know, being a one day soon an empty nester. Uh, but the daughter starts to suspect that things with her mom aren't exactly, uh, above board and starts thinking that, uh, part of her handicap, maybe I, I really don't want to spoil anything. Uh, has to blame on her own mother. Uh, but this was a fantastic ride of a film. It's also not very long. It was like hour and 40 minutes, I think. Uh, but absolutely wonderful. And I, I highly recommend you go on to watch this. It's on Hulu. Um, yeah, that's wonderful show. That's all I got, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that one too. That was a, that was a really good one. And it's, uh, was that it, in your top 10? It's not, no, it was, but it, it would have been, uh, I, I should have mentioned it as an honorable mention because I really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my number eight is a little movie called Host, which uh, is another Shutter movie. And this one, God, th I think this is probably the creepiest movie of the year. I, or at least it was the one that I, you know, that that feeling you get. There are scary a couple of movies that scared me more than Host. But this was the kind of scared where you're really excited about being creeped out and scared. It is sort of a found footage. I guess it's what you could call it a found footage. But it it is so timely, too, because it, it came out right at the tail end of the spring lockdown here in the United States, right? And it came out, I believe, in April or May, somewhere in there after we were all used to using Zoom. We were used to being locked down, all of that. And it's set during that time. It was filmed and set during the, the pandemic. And so it's got a lot of Zoom references we were that we are all familiar with. Uh, and also the idea of not being able to be together. But this group of girls are all friends. They bring this medium onto a Zoom session and they decide to have a seance. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the purpose of the seance is other than just a, for something fun to do. But one of the girls doesn't treat it seriously. And so it invites evil spirits to enter their Zoom session and start to take over. And this thing goes it goes there and it did not, it's obvious that it doesn't have a huge budget, but man, some of the effects are really very effective. Uh, this is one there's, there's no names in it. I believe, um, 
Uh, it was it's directed by Rob Savage, somebody I'd never really heard of before. Uh, and it's short. It's not a very long movie. This thing, you know, there's so many movies you think, man, if this was only a half hour shorter or or whatever, I believe it's only around an hour. And it was, but it's perfect. There's a perfect amount of time. It's short. It's sweet, but it's really effective. Very creepy. Uh, quite exciting and and timely it's it's like hot it's like hot off the press this movie so um i really liked it and it solves the problem that a lot of found footage movies have in my opinion and that is that in in a lot of found footage like paranormal activity or blair witch project there's not always a good reason i think i've mentioned this before there's not always a good reason for people to be having conversations on camera right like why are they filming this conversation it's a personal conversation between a man and his wife or whatever and why would they be filming that right there's there's a lot of filler in most um uh found footage films but host doesn't have any filler and there's no they don't need an excuse for people to be talking because it's all on a zoom session so i really liked this one this is probably one of my favorite movies and one of the most effective uh kind of haunting creepy vibes uh of the year so it, it it slipped down to number eight just because there's a lot of movies I saw in the last couple months that I really loved. But this this is I, make no mistake, any of these movies I could be switching them around uh, months from now. This might be number one if you ask me a couple months from now. So as I sit here right now, it's number eight for me. Host, you know I'm already we're on number eight, and I can already pick up the theme uh, between our two lists. Yours are going to be like the the scary paranormal ends of things and mine are going to be all the uh bloody violent things you know it's like two halves of the horror genre split right down the middle yeah i i think well that's pretty true although there's a couple that go probably more towards your end of things and hunter hunter you haven't seen that yet i i highly recommend you watch that because it it is it it uh it goes to a very bloody place in the end. Um, so uh, I, I highly recommend that one for you. Okay. Well, this, this is going to further illustrate my point when I get to my number eight, which is Becky. Uh, it's uh, got Kevin James and Lulu Wilson and uh, even has Joel McHale in this. This is a story about a high school age girl whose father's taking her out to the woods uh, to spend a weekend in their family cabin and he's brought his girlfriend and he basically wants to tell his daughter Becky that she's uh Joel McHale's gonna marry this girlfriend and she doesn't take it very well. Meanwhile, there's three uh prisoners that escape from prison break out and they're trying to find a place to hide out and that turns into more of a home invasion type movie. Uh, there are some wonderful effects, practical effects that have to do with an eyeball. Um, but I won't spoil that. Just be on the lookout for it. No pun intended. Uh, but what I found out that was so interesting was Simon Pegg was originally slated to play the villain for this movie. And he had to drop out because of a ke- scheduling conflict. And Kevin James swooped in at the last minute to do his dramatic uh, debut role. And he plays a white supremacist. And I never thought I'd see Kevin James in anything outside of just a stupid Adam Sandler, you know, movie. Him, he was fantastic in this role. He was extremely intimidating. They made up his body with all these Nazi tattoos and whatnot. He was scary as hell. And extremely believable. And I know he used to wrestle in high school, big beefy guy, very believable in this role. I think he needs to do more. Although that being said, I don't know if I'd want to see that. Or once I found out Simon Pegg was supposed to play that role. I don't know. I I want to see that one. Just somebody remake Becky shot for shot, but get Simon Pegg in to do that. Because I think he'd be fantastic in it. So anyway, uh, again, it was a very bloody, very violent film. Uh, I like the home invasion aspect of things. So again, my number eight was 2020's Becky. Yeah, that was one I I haven't seen yet. So uh, this is great. I'm going to have to check out some on your list. 
All right. So my number seven is a little film called The Wolf of Snow Hollow, directed by John Jim Cummings. Is this on your list? Uh, it is not because I never got a chance to see that one. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, this is a great. Um, uh, it, it's sort. I guess you could say it's a werewolf movie, but it, it kind of the this guy uh, J- Jim Cummings, who also I, I believe is in it. Um, he yeah he's the main guy he he ha- he has this tendency to kind of mix genres mix stories uh a little bit and and he's got a a quirky sense of humor as well but basically this is about a stressed out police officer whose father is the sheriff and his dad is played by Robert Forster uh the great great Robert Forster in what i believe turned out to be his last uh film role and he Robert Forster plays the sheriff who's a bit too old to be a sheriff and there's a bunch of murders going on. And so uh, his son played by Jim Cummings has to, to, to really take the reins because Robert Forster's character is just getting a little too old for the job. And there, there are indications that, that the murders being done are being done by a werewolf. Uh, the paw prints around the crime scene, the way that the victims are being killed, all of these things indicate that there's a werewolf out there. But this uh, deputy, he just doesn't believe it. He believes that there's a human involved. I I, I don't want to go any further because I don't want to give it away, but this movie takes a couple different turns. It's sort of, uh, you know, Twin Peaks has a Twin Peaks vibe a little bit. Some of that's because of the setting, but some of it is just because of the... uh, Twin Peaks has this sort of quirky uh, small town humor to it. Um, but there's also a little bit of the Coen brothers involved, a little Fargo ish. And towards the end, it becomes almost like uh, the uh, silence of the lambs. So this, this, this thing has all kinds of stuff going on. It's a really great movie though. And I highly recommend it. Uh, this is my, what did I say? My number seven. And that is the wolf of snow hollow. All right. My number seven, we spoke about, uh, or on one of our earlier episodes, just because I was so elated to see it in the theaters. I've got number seven as freaky, uh, with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. Uh, again, I could go on about this ad nauseum. I, my favorite part of all this movie was just the fact that I got to go to the movies again, but it was a treat. I mean, seeing Vince Vaughn in that giant six and a half foot tall body lumbering around as a 16 year old girl, Uh, you know, again, the original title of this movie was freaky Friday, the 13th. It was released on Friday, the 13th. Um, the killings in the movie take place on Friday, the 13th. And, uh, they decided to just shorten it to freaky. And I, there was some fantastic kills, some fantastic practical effects. The, my favorite was in the wood shop room at the high school, but, uh, overall very entertaining. I really did like it. It, I, I think this got bumped up higher in my list just because of the fact that it was the first movie I could go see with my family again. And, uh, but you know, it's still, I think it was very well-deserved. It's one I could watch again and again. So, uh, again, my number seven is freaky. Yeah, that I loved that movie too. It's a really good one. Um, it just missed my list too. It was, there were several films, like I said, could have been on it. Uh, my number six is a movie, uh, on Netflix. I think this might be the only Netflix exclusive film on my list this year. Uh, and it's called his house. This, uh, this is probably one of the best movies of the year, not just in horror, but just in general, it's a great, great movie. Uh, there's a couple who, uh, make their way they're, they're, they escape a war-torn South Sudan in Africa and they are refugees basically and they make their way to England where they uh, be, be, they they are uh, put into the uh, I guess the refugee system that they have there uh, and and given a home, given money, they're, you know, given certain rules. Okay. You've got to live here. You can't have a job yet until we go through the processing. You'll have this much money. You're going to live here. And one of the things they're told is that normally 
these refugees are put into homes where they have to share a home with a bunch of people. In this case, it's just going to be them, this couple. Well, it comes to find out that there's something not quite right about this, this uh, it's sort of a townhouse, I guess, that they that they are living in. They begin uh, to, to feel like they're being haunted. Now, I, I can't say too much about it because some of the haunting uh, might not be the house itself. It might be some evil that they brought with them, right? But a lot of it also has to do with the fact that they're stuck in this house and they really can't make a big scene. They're, they're stuck in this house with this evil happening, but they can't go to the... Bo- to the uh, uh, the board of immigration and say, Hey, can you give us another home? Uh, they, they don't want to cause any problems because they're on thin ice, right? You come into a, another country as a refugee, you've got to make it work and not make about a lot of noise. You want to fly under the radar as a refugee. People don't want a problem. So th- of course that makes it very difficult for them to live in a house that is uh, showing signs of haunting. Uh, at any rate, it, it, it's I, I'm not doing it justice. This is a really great movie and uh, tackles a lot of issues that are that are uh, quite appropriate for today and the world that we live in right now. Uh, but it's also at its heart, also just a great haunted house film. So I highly recommend this one. I this one could easily be my number one, uh, as I could say with about half this list. Uh, it is his house, uh, directed by Remy weeks. All right. And my number six was Hulu's the lodge. Um, this story takes place in weather that looks like it's right outside my window. Uh, this is about a soon to be stepmom played by Riley Keough. Uh, this movie also stars Jade Martell that we, uh, came to know in, the new movies of Stephen King's it, but uh, soon to be stepmom is snowed in with her new fiance and his two children at a very remote holiday village. Uh, midway through a giant snowstorm, the fiance, the dad of the two kids gets called away for work. Uh, and he entrusts his two children to his soon to be wife. And after he leaves, their relationship all starts to go awry. You also find out midway through that the stepmom used to be in a cult and uh, is starting to have some religious psychotic episodes and things start going awry in the cabin or in the lodge, I suppose I should say. And she's not quite sure if it's the kids playing tricks on her or if these things are actually happening. It does have a very shining type of, you know, isolation going psychotic, uh, feel to it. It is definitely something you're going to second guess your opinion. Just when you're convinced that it's the kids, there's things that'll make you think otherwise. Uh, it was very good, very all around wonderful thriller. I, I really did enjoy this. I was surprised. It wasn't something I had a whole lot of, uh, knowledge about that it was coming out. I didn't hear any hype, but uh, gave it a shot. So again, my number six is The Lodge. Excellent. Um, that's interesting. Like so far, n- we have no overlap on our lists at all. Not at all. Quite interesting. I and I have two different lists. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that might carry through. Um, yeah. Although I think there's maybe one or two that are we're going to share. Um. And Joe, this is the halfway point. So I know we're on our top five. If you want to play a little um, halfway point music here, some intermission music, I'll add, I'll give you a few seconds to. Welcome back. Welcome back. There we go. Uh, We are. (laughs) Welcome back, people. We are at number five. Yes. Uh, And my number five film uh, was a little ditty called Alone. And this one, is this on your list? No, it is not. No, nowhere on my list. Wow. Uh, did you see this one? No. Oh, well. That's yeah. that's probably why. You know, if I saw everything you did, we would probably have identical lists. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we might have to come back and then h- hear your amended <laughs> list. <laughs> right. We'll do that in 2022. Yeah. So uh, a recently widowed traveler is kidnapped. Uh, she, she's, this is one of those, it's, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the hitcher, 
Uh, if you remember that one from the, was it the eighties? I think with Rutger yeah. Hauer, mm-hmm. um, remind me a little bit of the hitcher, but also a- any film where there's a woman driving someplace and she's being stalked. Right. And she, but, but normally in these movies, uh, the, the, the person being pursued does something stupid or, you know, why would you do that? This, this woman doesn't do anything wrong. She doesn't make any mistakes. She, uh, 100% does all the right things. She avoids this guy. She doesn't want to find him, but he is, uh, uh, just after her, uh, eventually he does kidnap her. And then the, basically the movie is about her trying to escape and it is high, high tension. This is the most, tense movie of the year of any movie on my list. I, my wife and I, Michelle, we were watching this like, just like, I cannot, you know, it it was, it was like our, if you'd taken our, our pulse or whatever you would, it would have like broken your pulse taking device. Do you have a pulse taking device, Joe? (laughs) I don't know. No, I don't. Not on me. Well, that, that, uh, that really screws up what I was going to say next. Anyway. I I um, have hands. Oh, okay. put your two hands up by your neck, your jugular, or on oh. your wrist. Well, yeah, that's what fingers. I heard. <laughs> yes, I have several. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. You have several hands? I have several fingers oh, on okay. each hand. Yes. Okay. Five yeah. on each. Excellent. Um, so, but anyway, this thing, I, 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 I highly recommend this one. This one was probably my one or two for a lot of the year, uh, or since I had seen it, I think I watched it in might've been one of my Shocktober viewings actually. Uh, and it, and I did have it at number one or two for, uh, a good portion of the time until I ran into all these other movies that I have seen in the last couple of months, but it's still right up there. Number five for me is alone directed by John Hyams. All right. And my number five is the, uh, Brett Pierce classic, as I like to call it the wretched. I can't believe this isn't in your top 10. Uh, this is a, uh, defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents, imminent divorce faces off, with a thousand-year-old witch who's living beneath the skin of a posing, oh, posing, <laughs> that's the woman next door. Sorry, and and now, of course, it's also starring my new favorite scream, scream queen of 2020, Zara Mahler. Um, and you know what? Originally, I had this as number six on my list, but because of our interview, when she called me smart, I decided to bump it up another spot. So that's in my number five. I, I love this. I, you know, again, we talked about it in our podcast last time that this movie held the number one spot in the movie theaters for five weeks in a row, which is no easy feat. And they managed to pull it off. So again, my number five, The Wretched. Yeah, that was that smart comment was why it's not on my list. I got knocked <laughs> off immediately after that. She's a genius. Smart. <laughs> uh, actually, no, I'm glad that it is on your list because I really liked it a lot. Um, it's just I there are just too many favorites. Uh and so it, it if if any of you guys out there get the opportunity, you should download the app called Letterboxd, which it's it's spelled letter box and then a d at the end not ed anyway uh download that and uh and follow us because i have my whole list in order of all the horror movies 2020 horror movies that i've seen and it's i think i have the wretched at number 18 um but believe me it could be anywhere and it almost made my top list top 10 list too but no, I, I, I'm glad it's on yours. It, it could be anywhere, but in my list, it's number five. And <laughs> I am also on Letterboxd. So yeah. you can go ahead and, and see where I put the other four movies if you want. But uh, yes, highly recommend getting on Letterboxd. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so my number four is a film, another one that I just saw in the last month called Spontaneous. And this one is fantastic. It is a love story. It's a comedy and it's horror. Uh, Basically students in a high school begin inexplicably exploding (laughs) and it it starts out that way. They're in class and all of a sudden a kid just explodes and blood goes everywhere. It is bloody. It is gory. It is messy. Uh, Joe, you'll love it. Uh, but it's also a bit of a, a love story. It's got a, a vibe to it that reminds me a little bit of uh, what was the movie 
cold. Oh God. What was the movie that was a, it was a, the kid was a zombie and he was falling in love with a, a normal girl. Oh, uh, uh, cold something or something like that. Anyway, uh, it has that vibe to it. It's got a little bit of, it's sort of indie love story ish. Uh, but it basically this couple, this uh, teenage boy and a teenage girl, they fall in love in the midst of this sort of pandemic of kids exploding. Warm bodies. Warm bodies. There we go. Not, Not cold. cold. Warm bodies. That's right. It, it's got a little vibe of warm bodies to it. Uh, but this one goes a little darker at a certain point in the film. Uh, and I highly recommend it. it the, the actors are both great. I love the girl. I love the guy. They're both just really likable actors. And the story itself, basically these kids are exploding and it's only happening to seniors in this one high school and they can't figure it out. So the government gets involved. They can't figure it out. Uh, and, but there's, there's a lot more to it. it it's not just about the, the um, p- pandemic or whatever that is that's going on. It's also about these two kids falling in love. And, and, and I sort of, I guess, has to do with that, that coming of age feeling of being a senior in high school you're you're about to become an adult uh, all the pitfalls of teenage years it it's a it's a, just a really really good smart funny film very engaging i highly highly this is really a great movie i i suppose i'm going to be saying that about all the rest of these but this is really top notch spontaneous and that, yeah that's my what is that number 4 yeah yeah my number four is, well, people, Matt and I's generation would call this uh, pound alive, but I guess the, the youths all call it hashtag alive. This is the South Korean uh, zombie film. Rapid spread of an unknown infection has left the entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It was a nice, interesting spin on just what exactly would you do if you were a layabout uh south korean guy living in your folks apartment and all you normally do is play video games all day just to find out you've woken up one day and uh there's nobody else around because there's a zombie apocalypse happening right outside your window and uh how long could you play your video games how long could you be bored and trapped in your apartment before you start to decide to venture out for survival uh, and then how long can you cope with just being so isolated and alone? It's, it's tackling very realistic questions in a very unrealistic environment. It, uh, it was definitely a thriller of a movie. I did quite enjoy it. Obviously I did, or I wouldn't have it up at number four, but it's just what I, I would put this up with Shaun of the Dead as far as zombie movies goes, I really enjoyed this. I, like I said, I love the realistic aspect of it. They didn't try to just hit right to the actions, some wonderful pacing in it. So again, my number four hashtag alive. That's another one that I still have yet to see. So I have to check it out. Uh, My number, what is this? Number three, three was directed by Brandon Cronenberg and uh, that is the son of David Cronenberg, obviously the famous director of all kinds of great movies. Uh, and his movie is Possessor. This is uh, sort of, it's about an assassin, kind of a, a corporate assassin, I guess. Uh, and they use brain implant technology to take control of other people's bodies. And then they assassinate someone that's close to the person whose body they control. Uh, it has kind of a vibe I guess the way that they go into the other person's body and sort of possess the other person is sort of through a process that's kind of not unlike how um, in the matrix they would go into the matrix, you know, with the thing uh, they didn't have a thing stuck into their brain to do that, but they, they go into sort of a trance like thing uh, to do it. So this stars Andrea Reesborough or Riseborough. Uh, who was Mandy in the movie Mandy, which was one of my favorite movies of the last decade. And she's fantastic. I just, there's something about her. She's got these haunting eyes and there's just something really, she's just kind of depressing looking, (laughs) but, but she's, she's really good. And this thing, uh, she goes, basically she's an assassin. She goes into other people's bodies and possesses them. 
Uh, and But at the same time, she is sort of losing herself a little bit each time she does this. And she goes into, she takes another job. She goes into a, a guy's body who is able to resist her a little bit. And there's a battle between the two of them for control. It's a, just a terrific film. It's a uh, high concept. It's a little more, I think, on the sci-fi side of things, but it's definitely horror. And let me tell you, the violence goes there. There's two different versions. I, I highly suggest you get the unrated version or the uncut version uh, because the there's a reason why the, 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 the violence in the uncut version is so over the top. It's making a statement about violence. And so uh, the cut version kind of loses that statement a little bit. But anyway, my, my uh, feeling on it is it is a top-notch film, and it is number three on my list. I never thought this would happen especially after going through the past seven movies on my list and the past seven on yours, we both had that as number three. Nice. Yeah. I had possessor as well. And honestly, Matt, you summed it up. I could, I don't have anything else to add. It was a great movie. I love the over the top sci-fi murderous aspect of this. It is very attuned. It's like the, a really pissed off matrix. Uh, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed it. I also, Tip my hat to you, sir, on how well you described that. You took all the words out of my mouth. So number three, Possessor. Yeah, it, it was just a great movie. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the, your other top two are. But uh, that was just a great movie. And it was interesting. It was new. It was it, it pre- presented something that we hadn't really seen before. And, and in a way, we hadn't seen it. So I really liked it. And I think uh, Brandon Cronenberg is going to be, he's got, you know, Obviously, he he grew up in the in the business, so but he's got talent on his own. Uh, my number two is Relic. Uh, this is uh, this is a family drama horror uh, about an elderly woman who is beginning to lose her mind. Uh, sort of a dementia kind of situation, I guess. A mother and her daughter go to take care of the grandma, um, and. And so you see three different generations of women uh, and, and sort of the mother, the grandmother who is dealing with dementia. Then you've got the mother who is trying to, to take care of her own mom while at the same time recognizing her own mortality. And then the daughter who's, who's, I believe a teenager or, or maybe just in her twenties, she's young. Um, uh, kind of seeing, oh, is this where I'm going in life too? It, it's it's got this generational thing, but also at the at the heart of it is just a really solid horror movie that you're not quite sure what's going on. Is this a haunted house? What is happening here? And let me tell you, there's some some real scares in this. The house itself has all these twists and turns uh, where it's easy to get lost in the house. And, and it sort of um, coincides with the, the, the mind of the mother, the idea of being lost in your own home, being lost in your own mind. And uh, this is something that I think anybody who's ever dealt with a parent who has uh, had dementia, I, I think you'll, you'll recognize a lot of the themes of this film more than, than other people would. I think other people will just enjoy it as a good horror movie, but if you've ever been through this and I, this is something that I have been going through this last year, uh, it, it, it takes on a completely different meaning. And I think, I think when you look at it through that way, I've pointed that concept out to a couple different people. And I think they really, uh, it, it, it made them want to go back and watch it again. Um, but this, this one I think is, is, is great just as a horror movie, but there's also this other layer to it that I think enhances it even more when you, when you allow yourself to see it through that prism as well. So anyway, this is relic and I, this was directed by Natalie Erica James and, um, just a great movie. All right, and my number two, we're almost done, Matt. My number two was Hulu's Books of Blood. Uh, it's an anthology horror film. I loves me some anthologies like the Trick or Treats and Creep Shows. Uh, it's got uh, the fake medium, the runaway girl on the floorboards, the the thugs, uh, all from the the nightmarish brain of Clive Barker. Uh, I loved the 
special effects in this movie. Uh, granted, most of them were not practical, but uh, I'm a big fan of con artists getting what's coming to them. So I had a personal stake in the uh, the medium uh, and getting what he had, uh, getting his just desserts, as you could say. But yeah, I I highly recommend this. This originally was supposed to be an anthology series, but they decided to throw them all together and just do an anthology movie. And I I loved it. I, I've actually watched this, I think, three times uh, since my original viewing. So again, my number two is on Hulu, Books of Blood. Yep, another one I haven't seen. So I've been meaning to watch that one as well. So I will get on it. Uh, okay. It's the big moment. Yeah, the big moment. This is Joe. where we put... One drum roll. One drum roll. Do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I and I have a feeling that we might share the same number one. I I don't know because it it makes me wonder. But uh, I'm shocked. I I don't know. I uh, but I don't know if you've seen this one. So that's the only thing you may not have okay. seen it. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Drum roll. Drum roll. My Matt Speed. Okay. So you all know. My number one is The Dark and the Wicked. Uh, obviously from 2020, directed by Brian Bertino. There's a, a secluded farm in a nondescript rural town, and a man is slowly dying. Sort of a similar theme to The Relic. Uh, his family gathers to mourn. In other words, uh, well, basically his son and his daughter come to the farm. Uh, the dad is basically in his deathbed. The mom, there's something not right about the mom. She tells the kids, you should not have come. You should not have come. Uh, and they, of course, assume that she means, you know, just leave us alone. It's too painful, you know. But really, she means there's something evil going on here on this farm. And now that you're here, you're going to be stuck with it, too. Uh, this movie um, is dark. It is violent. It is bloody. It is gruesome. There are a couple scenes where I was shocked by what I saw. Uh, it is scary in a haunting sort of sense, but it's also scary in a violent, uh, uh, visceral sense as well. Uh, and there's a nightmare logic kind of to it, but it's also very grounded in reality. There are a couple th uh, things that happen in it. And I'm not sure. Did that really happen? Did it not happen? What was this about? There's so much to unpack on this that I, I feel like I need to, I've been wanting to see it again, but it's not one of those movies you want to rush and watch again, because it's really, it's, it's a bleak, hard to watch movie. And there are some things in it that are just really dreadful. So I, but this is, it's very well done. It reminds me, and actually Relic does too. It's kind of got a vibe uh, a little bit like, um, I, I guess, hereditary a little bit, especially Relic. I, I feel like Relic definitely has a hereditary vibe, but this one does too because of the family drama aspect and of also um, some shocking things happening. This is directed by Brian Bertino, who also directed uh, The Strangers and The Strangers Pray at Night, uh, which The Strangers, I, I thought, was one of the great, great movies of the 2000s. So at any rate, this is a, a really good one. I highly, highly recommend it. And uh, my number one mo horror movie of the year might be my number one movie of the year, actually. That is not my number one. <laughs> did you see it? No, I did not. Ah. Well, your list might change it, you, it when you watch it. Well, maybe. But now with the time that I've been all waiting for, uh, this is obviously not Matt Speaks, but Joe Jans's number one is The Hunt. You've seen this one. I have seen this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I absolutely love this movie. This is the first movie that I've rented from Redbox on four separate occasions. And I should have just bought it the first time I saw it. I absolutely loved, loved, loved this movie. And as a matter of fact, when we get done tonight recording this, I'm probably going to watch it again. It's, it's one of those movies like a fight club and a baby driver that I can just throw on and watch over and over again. Uh, this movie has 
Betty Gilpin, who I've never heard of before, never seen her in anything else. And she is phenomenal. Uh, also Hillary Swank is in this, uh, Justin Hartley from this is us, Emma Roberts, Amy Madigan from field of dreams and, uh, Glenn Howerton from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. This is an all-star cast and <clears throat> excuse me. It, it is just fun at every turn. It's not, I will agree. It is not a traditional horror film, but I had so much fun watching this movie and rewatching this movie that I, I, it was obviously a number one thought in my head. I, I couldn't get it out. Nothing else in my opinion this year was more of a fun ride than the hunt. Yeah, no, I saw this one. I, I just, uh, it just didn't do anything for me. I, it, I've got it as my number 28. <laughs> oh, holy cow. <laughs> like I said, there, they were going to be two very clearly defined lists. I obviously have my, yep. uh, likes and dislikes and horror and yours are, you know, different than mine, yep. but they're all still in the same horror genre. So, you know, yep. if honestly, I think if we had identical lists, the show would have been boring. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally. And, uh, but I, hi, but instead of watching that movie again, Joe, I, I suggest you watch a few of the ones on my top 10 list and I watch some of the ones on your top 10 list. I will certainly do that. And actually I want to give you a homework assignment. I want to give all of our dozens of listeners at home a homework assignment too because i want somebody other than me to watch this movie before our next um what movie next episode it's called uh the drive-in massacre it's from like 1976 it's on i believe amazon prime i was doing some research for the show and i watched that last night somebody else other than me has to watch that so please over the next i'll check it out Please go check that out. Yeah. I'm still off this week, so I could I could watch it tomorrow. Oh, it's an hour and I believe 14 minutes long. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. The drive-in yeah. massacre. All right. The drive-in massacre. Well, um, you need to see the dark and the wicked, relic, possessor, spontaneous, alone, his house, wolf of snow hollow, host, the vast of night, and anything for Jackson. I don't think okay. you saw any movie except for Possessor. On my list, did you? On your list? No, no, I don't believe I did. So you've got nine movies you've got to see. And these I have a backlog as long as my arm. Yeah. Movies I gotta watch. These are all Matt approved. Now keep in mind the drive-in massacre is not Joe approved. Ah. But I still want somebody. I, it's gonna be, yeah, other than the people that were filming the movie and that are in the movie, um, I've seen it, and I think that's where the list ends. Ah. All right, Joe. We've come to that moment we've all been waiting for, and that is a ghost story. Um, yes. So, Joe, this one was sent to us by my sister-in-law, Danielle Fitch. And she uh, sent of us... Of the Bettendorf Fitches? Not of the Bettendorf Fitches, no. Oh. My, uh, this is my, on my wife's side. My wife's okay. My wife's sister. Is this, is this a West Coast yeah. uh, type of horror story? Okay. It I'm is just yeah. mentally setting the mood in my head. Well, it. I mean, it could be set anywhere, Joe. Anywhere okay. with a haunted house and somebody being scared. All right. But this one happens to be set in the beautiful town of San Diego. Uh, at one point, uh, actually, I'll just read it as she wrote it. Um, she says, hello, Cinescare. She says, hello. But I'm going to say hello, Cinescare listeners. At one point, I lived in the cutest craftsman bungalow in South Park in San Diego, uh, which I stayed for a few months in North Park in San Diego, Joe. I don't know if you were aware of that. I did not. Well, when you I write not. when you write your biography of me, include that. Uh, I shared a wall with the owners who were elderly, and the wife was basically bedridden. This house must have been from the 30s with all original windows and doors. I lived there for about two years and everything was great at first. At first, Joe. At first. I painted, decorated, and even created a tiki alcove in the breakfast nook. Uh, tiki, I don't know if you're aware of tiki style, but uh, uh, Danielle. Is that like Gangnam style? Uh, no. no, okay. 
I had a cat and small dog at the time. It all started one night. I was watching TV, and the door to my bedroom was right by the TV. I swear, I kept seeing something pass by the crack in the door, but I chalked it up to my eyes playing tricks on me. Well, how could your eyes play tricks on you, Joe? You'd, you'd think that you'd be able to control that sort of thing. Yeah, I I have lots of things pass through my crack, but uh, oh. I, I never thought they were, you know, shadows. Joe, at some point, you've got to find that but bump thing. Oh, I've got it. I've okay. got it. I even asked my friend who hooked me up with the place. He lived right behind the house in another larger house. If he had heard of any activity in the bungalow, he laughed and said, no, you're just being paranoid. So I went on with life. Then one day I came home and my hairdryer was on. It hung on the latch of a vintage ironing board closet. What's it hung on the latch of a vintage ironing board closet. Have you ever had one of those where the ironing board comes out of the wall? You did. Did you? You're muted, Joe. I can't hear what you're saying to me. The ones that slam down. Yeah. Flat yeah. Come out of the wall. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen them. I think my grandmother had one. Didn't you have one in your Chicago apartment? I swear you did. I don't think I could have fit a closet in my Chicago apartment. The first one. No. Yeah. Well, no, it's a, it's a, it's a lining board. Anyway. I I, I know. Oh, okay. Anyway, I thought you had one in that apartment. Anyway, uh, the house was old and the floors were sinking. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. Uh, oh, it hung on the latch of a, okay. So she came home, her hairdryer was on and it was hanging on the latch of a vintage ironing board closet in the bathroom. And it was swinging back and forth, blowing against the wall. I just couldn't believe my eyes. I shut it off and tried to figure out how it turned on by itself. My pets couldn't reach it. It made no sense. And it never happened again. The activity seemed to be ramping up when one night something really strange happened. The house was old and the floors were sinking in the middle. Most of the doors were difficult to open. And at one point, I had to shave down the front door because I couldn't open it. I had to push down on all the door handles to open any door. That's kind of setting up the idea, Joe, that these doors are not easy to open. Unopenable. So, Joe, she was uh, dead asleep one night, and it must have been midnight, when out of nowhere in her bedroom, a door flung open with a loud clunk of the doorknob. She sprung up out of bed both of her, with both her dog and her cat. And we all sat there staring at the door as it swung open wide. No one was there, and there was no explanation as to why or how the door opened by itself. So after that, I was, huh? That's exactly what I wanted to know. How did that open? She had to shave down the doors. Yeah. Unopenable. Yeah. These are not doors that just open on their own, Joe. In fact, they do everything they can to not open on their own. They're terrible doors. I, I would have been they angry. They have one function, and yeah. that's to open and close, and yeah. it won't even do that. It, I, those are the ridiculous doors I've ever heard of. <laughs> ridiculous Ridiculous. So after that, I was getting really uncomfortable in my bedroom. The shadow figure were more frequent. The shadow figures were more frequent, but the weird thing was there were small. They were small, like like little gnomes. <laughs> I'd seen them flashing by my bedroom door at night, and I started sleeping on the couch sometimes. One night, I really wanted to sleep in my own bed, despite my fear, and I crawled into bed and tried to fall asleep when I felt something on the bed. It felt like someone laid down next to me. So she jumped right up, slept with her light on. What was I going to do? I couldn't move. My, my rent was only $700 a month. So Joe, the rent is only $700 a month. You can't, you can't leave. Can't move. That's, that's a cherry apartment right there. No, no, you're not leaving no matter how haunted it is. So she stayed and figured that she could cleanse the place and buy crystals or or whatever she felt like she could do that would work. Clorox. Clorox is Clorox. (laughs) It's a cleanser. A few nights later. Comet. (laughs) (laughs) A few nights later, she would find out that the, crystals and her Clorox or whatever. None of that worked. The same thing. She laid down lights on pets on the bed, pray that nothing happens. She falls asleep and thought that all was well 
until 3 a.m., Joe. She's slowly awoken by the same feeling of someone laying down next to her, but this time she felt hair on her face and she could smell it. Like a beard? Well, no, I don't think beard hair. I love her hair. hair. Okay. Somebody else's hair. Someone else's hair on her face. Yeah. So she freaks out. She jumps up. And needless to say, that was the last time that she slept in that bedroom. Like she mentioned above, the owners were elderly and the wife was bedridden and had long, stringy gray hair. The only thing I could figure out was it was her visiting her in her dreams or her spirit coming to visit at night. Talk about terrifying. Could you? Would you like to have an old lady visit you at night and, and drag her hair on your face, Joe? I do most nights, Matt. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, sir. Well, that is our ghost story for the week. First ghost story of the year. First ghost story of the year. First official yeah. ghost story of 2021. That is true. And top notch. Yeah. Real good one. Thank you, Danielle, for Thank your story. You, Danielle. And, Loved uh, it. And uh, we will send you a Cinescare sticker. <laughs> yeah. So... All right. Well, hot. happy new year, everyone. And I hope uh, that you guys have enjoyed our top 10 list and you come away from this with some, some films that you'd like to see. I know I have. And keep checking us out on the social media outlets, the Facebooks, the Twitters, because we will try to keep you abreast of when new movies are coming out for 2021. And we will make sure we talk about them right here on the Cinescare podcast. That's right. So, Thank you, folks. We will see you next time. See ya.